Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted mostly by medical students, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. Here come the radio My name is Avash Kara, and welcome to the show. Coming up on today's episode, I'll speak with Dr. Howard Bachner, the editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association, one of the most highly regarded medical journals in the world. And it's been that way since 1883 when the journal was founded. Now, Dr. Bachner, or Howard as he insists I call him, will tell us about the vision he's had for the journal since taking over the role of editor-in-chief in 2011. Now, what's the story behind the famous artwork on the cover? And how is the innovative journal changing? Howard Bachner will answer those questions and more today. Again, so glad that you could join us today, whether you're listening to us on the web, on our newly updated listener-friendly website, radiorounds.org, on the radio, or via our free iTunes podcast sometime in the future. Now, of course, we recently started a new season of Radio Rounds with a whole new look, and our longtime listeners will have noticed a new logo, a new website, and even a new format of our episodes. Now, this is my first appearance on the show in about seven months or so, which is an eternity, really. As many of you know, I hosted the show on a weekly basis back for the first six seasons, and I hosted most of those episodes alongside Lakshman Swami. Now, of course, uh, in those seven months uh, since I was last on the air, trust me when I say I've been fairly busy myself, since I was last on the air, I got married, graduated from medical school, and started my internal medicine residency at the University of Colorado in Denver. Now, of course, I'll talk more about my new life as a first-year resident physician in a little while, but I did want to get to our guest for today right away. Now, I was asked the other day what the theme of this season of Radio Rounds is, and if I had to put it concisely into one term, I would say the theme of the conversations you'll hear this fall centers on leaders in the world of medicine, innovators who are dedicated not only to their patients but to advancing the field of medicine in some way, whether through research, academic involvement, or promoting improvement in the way the U.S. medical system is run. Now, you'll see this season that a leader in medicine can even be a rural physician uh, redefining her practice to best take care of her patient population. But today, we're featuring a leader in the form of Dr. Howard Bachner. As I mentioned, he is the editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA. He's also the director of the Division of General Pediatrics at Boston University School of Medicine and Boston Medical Center. And his career interests have been in evidence-based medicine, and patient-oriented care and clinical decision-making. And I started by asking him how he is working to redefine JAMA, one of the world's premier medical journals. The major medical journals, such as JAMA, a lot of it is really about innovation and and making it more accessible using web media, things along those lines. Could you comment on on how important that's been to to make uh, the journal more accessible in different ways? Yeah. The traditional model, you know, journals were obviously all print up to about 15 years ago, then then the internet, you know, became more relevant to journals and became more relevant to everyone's life. So journals went from being print-centric to print and internet-centric. But I'm not really interested in kind of a passive approach to education. Mm-hmm. I, I think people learn in a lot of different ways. So I, I don't see us as having authors and readers. I think that's really a very old conceptual model of journals. So I see us as having uh, readers, viewers. Uh, We do author videos now. We're one of the first major journals to do author videos. We have learners in the sense that people use our material to learn, to keep up to date, 
and we have listeners. We have uh, aggressive podcasts. And I think shortly we're going to begin to experiment with a, a, a type of social network that is still under development. So I, I think the conceptual model of the journal uh, now needs to be very different than it was even 10 years ago. And a lot of that is around using technology to engage our audience in more active participation in the journal. And when you say audience, uh, it's, it's not just physicians you're talking about, is it? Oh, my Lord, no. <laughs> no. I mean, we, we have well over 30 million page views a year, and we know a lot of the people who are looking at and reading and listening to our material are certainly not physicians. I, I would hope not. I'd hope for a much broader audience than just physicians. When people think of, of JAMA, they often, and, and certainly I do, uh, picture the, the artwork on the front. It's sort of a tradition for, for JAMA to, to include that and really embrace the medical humanities and arts and things like uh, along those lines. Can you comment on, on that sort of unique niche of JAMA? Yeah, I mean, I think each of the weekly journals present the physical journal, the structural journal, in a unique way. So, you know, Lancet traditionally has had a quote New England Journal has a table of contents. BMJ has uh, artwork often uh, inspired by one of their articles, mm -hmm. often with a humorous touch. And for the last 20-odd years, JAMA obviously has had fine art uh, on the cover, signaling its embrace of the narrative, the humanities of, of medicine. We have other sections, poetry, a piece of my mind, mm -hmm. And it's, it's always been striking to me that, you know, JAMA was one of the preeminent journals in championing evidence-based medicine. So within the pages of JAMA, I think Dr. Lundberg, Dr. DeAngelis have always tried to balance evidence with narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, and I'm reinterpreting narrative broadly to include the humanities. Sure, because really at the end of the day, medicine is about sharing stories, even if it's about a research project. Uh, I suppose that, that goes along with, with that part of the, the mission at JAMA. And could you tell us a little bit about some of your favorite sections of the journal? You mentioned Peace of My Mind. Obviously, there are other interactive sections like the clinical challenges and other purely web-based aspects as well. What, what are some of your favorite sections? I'm fortunate. I get to read almost everything before it appears in the journal and it varies from week to week. Some weeks I, I see what we publish around original research and I go, wow, that's just like a really interesting article. You know, and it's more captivating to me as a pediatrician who did primary care for a long time. So I, I think week in and week out, I always start with the original research. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was struck by people's interest in reading opinion pieces. Mm. So um, in January we took what was a very good section called commentaries, renamed it viewpoints, enlisted a number of new writers and uh, moved it from the back of the journal to the front of the journal. And I think that's very interesting to people to see very quickly up front in the front of the journal opinion pieces for two or three people. So uh, Zeke Emanuel, just with, along with Victor Fuchs, just wrote about why medical training should be reduced by 30 or 35%. Now, that would have an enormous impact on you and your audience. They're, they're arguing for reducing it from four years to three years for medical school and the same uh, less reductions, but both in residency and fellowship. So I think these opinion pieces are very important in framing 
clinical issues and health policy issues in the United States. So I'm always interested in what we're publishing and viewpoints. And for me, it's an enormous privilege. We, we get five or 600 viewpoints each year from spontaneously, not, not from our viewpoint authors. We publish about 80 or 100 of those. And so I'm really fortunate to get to read these remarkable works of art and then choose between them. And then I'm, I'm struck by peace of my mind. So Alan Detsky from Toronto reflected on the PSA screening recommendations from AHRQ that were in draft form. We had had a number of viewpoints on them. But Alan wrote about it from a very personal standpoint. And he's a very sophisticated physician, really knows the pros and cons about screening and the risk of false positives. Mm-hmm. But he just talks about how reassuring it was to him when his doc called him up and told him his PSA level was low. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of narratives. You mentioned that JAMA was one of the first journals, if not the first journal, to really embrace the idea of evidence-based medicine. You know, medical schools, residency programs, and so forth are really pushing for teaching evidence-based medicine and practicing evidence-based medicine. Can you comment on how important you feel journals are in the teaching process of future physicians? Yeah, it's a, I think teaching it is a struggle. So I was often asked when I was at the USMBMC, our, our residency was the, the Boston Combined Residency in Pediatrics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the residents always knew that I'd had good training in epi and biostats. I'd written a lot about EBM and people always would say, well, can you come and teach us EBM? And I'd always say, well, what is, what is it? exactly you want me to teach? What do you mean by teaching EBM? I think it's it's more a process of trying to weigh the pros and cons of the diagnostic test or an intervention, marrying that with what patients may like. Clinical decision-making is enormously complex, and I think it involves patient preference, medical knowledge, and your own experience. And those, those three spheres are not always in balance. It may depend upon the question or the setting. I think Journals, in general, deliver a great deal of the factual information that goes into evidence-based medicine, but I think teaching it is a much different issue. You've spoken in a very complimentary fashion about BMJ and the, the other major medical journals. I'm sort of wondering how you see your relationship with them as editor-in-chief of JAMA. Obviously, you are competitors in some sense, perhaps, but collaborators as well in the, in the sense of the broader picture of, of medicine and, and promoting research in, in science. Can you comment on that at all? There is always healthy competition. You know all of the journals want the best papers. Now, best is a broad term because those aren't always randomized clinical trials. They could be comparative effectiveness pieces. They could be opinion pieces. So I, I um, always am conscious of what's published in other journals. I, I think the way in which journals are most cooperative is around this very relatively small group of journal editors that has created the International Committee of Medical Journal Editors. And every couple of years, you know, they issue suggestions, guidelines that medical journals should follow. Trial registration is a good example. Kathy DeAngelis, the former editor-in-chief of, uh, of JAMA, mm-hmm. was very active at ICMJE. So I, I think that's really um, the best example of these very important influential journals trying to help the world, the, the sphere of medical journalism to, to improve. I would say, despite all of the journals wanting the best articles, I'm much more interested in doing things in a very different way. I think 
journals have really, in some regards, been landlocked in kind of a print and now internet-centric way. And so my, my interest going forward is to engage our audience in, in very different ways, to present data in very different ways, to, to make the journal more intellectually interactive. So you'll see an enormous amount of experimentation with article types, new types of presentation of data in the, in the coming six months or, or a year. We're, we're really very interested in doing things much differently than most journals have done in the past. Well, Howard, we really appreciate your thoughts, especially on the innovative perspective that you've brought to, to JAMA. I'm sure our listeners, whether uh, medical students, physicians, or, or just the general public, will uh, benefit from hearing that. So thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for the invitation. And I would say, to particularly the medical students who are listening, mm-hmm. if I had to do it all over again, I would choose to be a doctor again. It is an absolutely fabulous profession. Well, thanks. And, and that is always reassuring as well, especially for the uh, younger medical students struggling. Through, oh, no, uh... <laughs> I know it's hard. It's a lot of work and it's, it's usually pretty expensive, but it, it, it is just a remarkably rewarding profession. People should really feel good about their choice. And you're listening to Radio Rounds. Again, this is Avash Kalra. And that was Dr. Howard Bachner, again, editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association. Really appreciative of his thoughts and really enjoyed speaking with him for the program. You know, the defined mission of JAMA is to, and I'm quoting the mission, to promote the science and art of medicine and the betterment of the public health. And I think that's really representative of what Dr. Bachner discussed just now. You know, I particularly love that the mission of the journal specifically recognizes medicine as both a science and as an art. Um, And even though saying medicine is an art has become somewhat of a cliche, at least in the medical world, it really is true. As a first-year resident, I recently rotated on a gastroenterology or GI service, and this concept of medicine being both a science and an art really came through in in that rotation for me. It's not just a matter of recommending to a patient when they should get a colonoscopy uh, just based on the guidelines. There are uh, so many factors that go into your decision-making, age of the patient, risk factors. Really, it's an individualized approach determining what their preferences are and so forth. And the same, you know, it doesn't just go for colonoscopy screening. It goes for so many aspects of medicine. Patients now are attuned to the world of medicine more than ever before. Boundaries are being broken down. It's not a physician separated from a patient. It, it's really an integrated approach. So really what a perfect time, I would say, for someone like Howard Bachner to redefine JAMA, aware that there are not just authors and readers, but viewers and watchers and listeners, people embracing the social network just a general public interested in not just scientific research, but opinion pieces in journals as well, or powerful narratives such as those described in A Piece of My Mind, uh, which is a section in the journal, as Dr. Bachner mentioned. And at the same time, it's important for physicians not just to be aware of the evidence, but to be able to explain that to patients. It's a conceptual model for the journal, as Dr. Bachner mentioned, but it's really one that extends to the entire profession of medicine. As the profession changes, we as physicians have to adapt, and that, that is what the art is within the science. So again, thank you to Dr. Bachner for joining us. You can learn more about JAMA at jama.jamanetwork.com. And in fact, since Howard and I spoke, JAMA has launched its new platform called the JAMA Network that integrates its specialty journals online. Just another step in the redesign of the journal at large. Now, later in the season, I will speak with 
Christine Lane, who is the editor-in-chief of another journal, Annals of Internal Medicine, and also Virginia Hood, who is the president of the American College of Physicians, and they'll certainly have more thoughts on similar topics to what Howard and I discussed today. Now, you can contact our team at Radio Rounds via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information is on radiorounds.org, where you can now listen to all of our past episodes on demand. These podcasts are also available as free downloads on iTunes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds. Thanks as well to our entire Radio Rounds team, including our producer Mark Baldwin, and of course our partners as well. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage, sponsored by the American Medical Association, providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. In addition, Radio Rounds is proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network, online at studentdoctor.net. Applying to medical school? Learn about life at your choice of medical schools and programs from current and former students. Check out the SDN Medical School Feedback Database at studentdoctor.net. Of course, a quick disclaimer that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the Boonshoff School of Medicine at Wright State University or of the partners of Radio Rounds. Join us next time for another great conversation. Interact with us via our social media network or email us at contact at radiorounds.org. Until next time, I'm Avash Kalara for Radio Rounds, where we'll bring you today's stories from tomorrow's doctors. Here come the Radio Welcome to Radio Rounds.